looking for sports content on the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Bills, and the Argos, as well as the Blue Jays and the Raptors during the NBA basketball season, the NFL, CFL football season, the blue, the baseball season in MLB, and the hockey season in the NHL, then you've come to the right place. Check out Sports for Beginners, the podcast, with me, Scott McGregor, where we talk about everything and anything in the world of sports media and around the teams, the Pittsburgh Penguins during hockey season, the Buffalo Bills and Toronto Argonauts during football season, the Toronto Blue Jays during baseball season, and the Raptors of Toronto, the Toronto Raptors during basketball season. We've got you covered every week. But if you've got any questions or feedback, please send us an email at sportsforbeginnerspodcast8231 at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook at https colon slash slash www.facebook.com slash sportsforbeginnerspodcast87. And to learn more about upcoming episodes and when they drop, please visit https colon slash slash sports for beginners number zero dot wordpress dot com once again that is https colon slash slash sports for beginners number zero dot wordpress dot com catch you later fans Wow, that was four hours of the Blue Jays game, but guess what? We have some business to attend to, as it is the eve of another Buffalo Bills game day. What's up, everybody? My name is Scott McGregor. This is Scott McGregor, and this is Buffalo Bills pregame. It's a game week. It's week two. It's the Bills. It's the Raiders. And it comes your way on Bills pregame. Next, on the Sports for Beginners podcast, the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen play here. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's get right down to business right after this drop. Welcome to Sports for Beginners, the show where we cover our favorite teams, sports media, and other topics. I am your host, Scott McGregor, so let's get ready to hit the field. What is up, Bills Mafia? It is Scott McGregor. It is Bills pregame. Wow. I mean, this is going to be a little different than what we've done previously, but my goodness. It's already week two. I mean, yeah, there's still some sour taste in our mouth from 
the crushing defeat against the Jets, and of course Aaron Rodgers. But I should note that Aaron did not finish the game. He did not finish the ball game. Zach Wilson did. And despite Tyler Bass's effort to keep the game tied at 16-16, the rookie, I'm not sure if he is a rookie, but any, anywho, the guy that the Jets had in Xavier Gibson scores the game-winning touchdown on a punt from Sam Martin, our punter, and that would be the ball game. The Bills would lose 22-16. to Now, normally, we would play for you at this point in the game, we would play for you a couple of teasers. But because we're on audio right now, We'll save those for after recordings that we've done. And one of the main recordings we would do here would be a message from the one and only Boomer himself, Chris Berman. We did that in the last pregame show we did, the debut of Bill's pregame, where we also had, sticking around with us, our good friend and co-host of the program, not this program, but co-host of our program, Sports for Beginners, Thomas McGregor. Thomas is also your host of Dolphins Post Game. And I am coming to you ahead of a game day. I hope if you were able to check out the Shout a Buffalo Football podcast live from Wignut Show, you had a great time. And I will be looking forward to checking it out myself, either on video from YouTube or on the podcasting feed wherever I get my favorite podcasts if you weren't able to check it out please go check it out whenever you get a chance to do so good morning good afternoon good evening whenever you may be listening to this this is Buffalo Bills pregame on the Buffalo Bills sports for beginners podcasting network it is not the Buffalo Bills radio network and of course That, of course, is WGR 550. The game is on at CBS. On the TV side, it'll be on WGR 550 in Buffalo. It will be on, of course, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, probably on the alternate station on tomorrow on Sunday when the Blue Jays are wrapping up a series with the Boston Red Sox, that series currently underway. And of course, as I mentioned in the opening words of this pregame show, that was four hours of a second game of their series. Wow. I mean, 13, 14 innings, whatever, whatever it was, that was certainly quite a ball game that you had to be there to believe it. All right. Speaking of the word believe, In this opening segment here, we are going to take a look around the NFL. Of course, we'll take a look at the, later in the program, we'll take a look at the games coming up on Sunday. But first, as we take a look around this league, let's take a look at the game already gone final. And that, of course, 
has to be none other than the Minnesota Vikings taking on the than the Minnesota Vikings taking on taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles. And the Eagles would come out of TNF, which is the short form TNF, which is the short form for Thursday night football, with a win. And it, I guess you could say it was bittersweet, but they would come out on top of the Vikings with a 34-28 win over the Minnesota Vikings. And DeAndre Swift's career game powers the Eagles to a Thursday night football win over the Vikings. And, of course, uh, you got to give some credit where credit is due. And Jake Elliott getting in on the action here. Jalen Hurst. And, yeah, uh, Jalen, a big, que- a couple of questionable throws here. He throws into double coverage. But, nonetheless, they get the win. Despite Hertz going down four times, count them four times. Okay, into our game. All right, so the Raiders are coming off of a win. We are coming off of a loss. If you're not already caught up with the Raiders game, the Raiders won week one by a final score of 17 to 16 against Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson, eh? Well, um, there's one thing that you could say, and the Broncos started the season at home. They will start Week two at home as they face the commanders of Washington. More on that later, but despite, despite getting sacked twice, Russell was able to put up 177 yards with 27 catches on 31 passing attempts, two passing touchdowns, and despite getting sacked two times, he puts up 177 yards. No rushing TDs, did not fumble, but that's all right. Now, here's another guy, and this is a guy that could probably be the starter against Josh Allen, who, by the way, when we last spoke to you on Bills pregame, came out and said, I'm the reason the Bills lost, I'm the reason we lost the game on Monday night. And when I'm talking about that, well, I'm talking about the QB. I'm talking about Josh Allen. And Josh, yes, yes, I believe you. I believe that you were the reason that we lost this game. But I don't want to hold any of Monday Night Football's grudges against the Buffalo Bills or against the New York Jets because, first of all, the Jets won the game in the end at overtime. It's just a game. And in the end, it's just a game but it's one that shouldn't have happened when the Bills had the game pretty much in their grasp 
and then you lose the lead, try to get it back, send it to overtime, and then, as we all know, and I said it earlier already, the punt, the return, the touchdown, and game and game over. And yeah, you know what? Um, we probably will hear as bonus after we're done with these segments. We'll probably hear a bonus as uh, we will hear from head coach Sean McDermott. He spoke to the media uh, on Friday, I do believe. Uh, he did speak, and Josh also did speak. We'll probably hear from both of them. And we will definitely uh, get you ready with Keys to Victory in the final segment. But you know what? I mean, just it's just uh, it's just hard to you know look at next week and be like, okay, so it's just one game and we got a chance to beat the Jets in their or sorry in our house because we played them already in New York, so we get a chance to play the Jets in our house on our turf at Highmark Stadium in the weeks to come. But, of course, we've got to play other teams before then, including the Miami Dolphins, who are coming off quite the victory from week one as they prepare for a Sunday, for a Sunday night football matchup with the New England Patriots coming up on Sunday. As I mentioned, this is the eve of a game day, so I guess this is the eve of a game day for both teams, the Bills, and the Dolphins. He's a victory for the Bills against the Raiders is coming up in our final segment. Coming up in the middle segment of the program, we are going to give out five players to watch for Buffalo and five players to watch for the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders who were originally called the Oakland Raiders. So, yes, the Raiders' name doesn't change. The town does change, so they go to Las Vegas. The team name doesn't change. It's still the Raiders. But now, they, now they've got a guy who's coming over from the 49ers in Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Jimmy Grappolo is... I would expect he probably starts this game, but um, I don't think he will. If he does end up starting this game, I wouldn't expect nothing less than it to be Josh Allen to start for the Buffalo Bills. But with all kidding aside here, let's get down to breaking down the... Las Vegas Raiders and the Bills. It it looks like it's going to be very, very interesting considering that Josh threw three interceptions in Monday night's game, one passing touchdown, went for 236 yards on 29 completions with 41 attempts. So he's a little bit better than Jimmy G, according to the score app. And by the way, this can also be this game can also be seen on D A Z Z N, which is called the Zone. So uh, 
29 of 41. Josh was on according to last night's game. Sorry, last month or this Monday's game. I should say last week on Monday. He did score one touchdown, gave up the ball three times. Now, the only thing I will say is Jimmy G and Josh Allen, they both look like they could be good. But Jimmy G only threw for 200 yards, two TDs, gave up the ball once, and he only threw the ball 26 times and completed 20, 20 of his passes. So, I mean, it, it, this is going to be a, this is going to be a really interesting matchup between the Raiders and the Bills. And the last time these two teams met was back on October 4th in 2020, where the Bills won the game 30 to 23 over the Raiders. All right, so we went through quarterbacks that most likely could be playing in this game. There's a preview that we're going to get to, and of course, uh, we'll use after a quick word from broadcast map. We'll use a uh, probably before we get this middle segment started. We will probably use a um, use the teaser to tease up the home opener for the Buffalo Bills, which is against, as you've already noted, the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders and the Bills. All right. So as we are recording this, it's late night in Canada, and it's a late night probably in the States. It's about 10.01 right now in Canada. And, uh, yeah, so... We are going to take a quick break, and after a quick word from Broadcast Map and a quick teaser that we'll record later uh, in this show, we are bringing you the middle segment where we will talk about, yes, we will talk about five key players to keep an eye on for the Raiders and your Buffalo Bills. This is. Buffalo Bills football on Sports for Beginners podcast, and it is the pregame show ahead of week two between your Buffalo Bills, and if you're a Las Vegas Raiders fan, or you've been an Oakland Raiders fan, now you're a Las Vegas Raiders fan, we are 14 hours away from kickoff at 1 p.m. Eastern on the TV side on CBS. And on the radio side, on WGR 550, if you are listening in Buffalo, the Bills play here on Sports for Beginners. Back after this word and teaser from Broadcast Map and teaser to tease this ball game. When we come back, it is the five key players to... Keep an eye on in this ballgame. Plus, in the final segment of the program, we are getting down to our keys to victory and also what you can expect coming up on the podcast. 
Dolphin fans, if you're joining us on this show, please stay tuned because you'll get some intel on the next edition of Dolphins postgame. When that will be happening. And of course, we will have all of that coming up for you a little later. For right now, let's take that break. Here from Broadcast Map. And when we come back, five key players to keep an eye on for Raiders versus Bills. A look at the schedule for Sunday's slate of games. And of course, we will come back one more time after a quick word from Take Another Look to give you some keys to victory. A final look at the Dolphins' Week 2 opponent and possible keys to victory for the Dolphins. It's Bill's pregame, and it will return right right after this. Looking for conversations on the world of broadcasting, sports media, and from time to time, my favorite sports teams, listen to Broadcast Map with me, Ali Musa. To learn more about the show and to view the upcoming schedule, like the Broadcast Map Facebook page. Search Broadcast Map. Welcome back to Bills pregame. My name is Scott McGregor, and it is the Buffalo Bills pregame show on Sports for Beginners, the podcast. That was our game teaser for the game. That is tomorrow or today, whenever you may be tuning into this podcast. Again, I want to say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you whenever you may be tuning into this This, as I mentioned, is our pregame show. It is not our postgame show. It is the pregame show. It's the Bills. It's the Raiders. It is a pregame show like no other. Ladies and gentlemen, the week is here where we take on the Raiders. What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome back to another great edition of the program. We are, as I mentioned in the opening segment, we are 14 hours away from kickoff. 
And now it is time for a little roll call. Before we get down to our roll call here, I want to get down to key players that we must take into notice here. All right, so through the Discord app, we've got our entries here. we got a couple of them here uh, that we can see, but we don't exactly know what the inactives are. However, the Bills did release their injury report. Alec White reporting as of Saturday at 2.30 p.m. at 2.31 p.m. The injury report that once again, the Buffalo Bills once again will have a clean sheet on their injury report heading into week two. The only player the team listed On the injury report throughout practice this week is center Mitch Morse. He had a finger injury, and he was a full participant Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. He doesn't carry any injury designation heading into the game. And, of course, as I've mentioned already, the Bills and Raiders will kick off in Buffalo on Sunday at 1 p.m. on CBS. 1 p.m. on CBS. All right. That's the work of Alec White. Shout out to you, Alec. Alec White, a reporter for the Buffalo Bills. And if he wasn't, if he wasn't, he wouldn't be giving us the injury reports. I mean, maybe Mighty Glab would be giving us the injury reports. Uh, of course, a lot, there's a lot to get to here. Right now, as, as we did roll call, roll call, as I said earlier, uh, I want to know from you, Bills Mafia, where are you repping the Bills? Where are you repping your team? Where are you watching Sunday's game? Where are you watching the game today if you're tuning in on Sunday when, the, when this pregame show most likely will be dropping? Where are you repping it? And, of course, the big, big question I want to ask you, Bill's Mafia, is a question that we all, that everybody in Buffalo always asks before the ball game begins in Buffalo when it's a home game. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? That's a big question I have for you, Bill's Mafia. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Now, thanks so much for Ali for the great, for the yet again great commercial for Broadcast Map. Check out Ali's podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find him on CNIT's podcast, Spicy Techie, airing episodes whenever they can. And of course, most times are on Sundays, available always on your favorite podcasting platform. All right. Five key players that I am keeping an eye on. Let's start with the opponent, the Raiders. For that, I'll go right back to my Discord app, download the app for yourself, and follow your favorite team, just like you would on the NFL app, all season long, whether it's the Raiders, the Bills, 
the Dolphins, the Patriots, etc. It really doesn't matter. The Bills coming into this game are are zero and one. That is zero and one on the year. And yet they proclaim the sky isn't falling after a short after a season opening dud. And they look ahead. And they look ahead to hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, well, let me just say five key players on the Raiders. I'm looking at. I'm looking at are Jimmy G, Jimmy Garofalo, uh, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, and yeah, you know what? I also want to say that I'm looking at a couple of the other guys on the roster for the Las Vegas Raiders. And when I'm talking about them, I'm talking about guys like Marquise Calloway, DeAndre Carter, and of course there's so many more, but to name the few that I named there, I want to name DeAndre Carter, Devontae Adams, of course Josh Jacobs, and how about Jimmy G, Jimmy Garofalo, Jimmy G. So Jimmy G, number one, Josh Jacobs, number two, DeAndre Carter, number three, Devontae Adams, number four. And I mentioned him earlier, uh, and I was mentioning him there, uh, Marcus Holloway. So those are my five guys I'm keeping an eye on for the Las Vegas Raiders. I also want to keep an eye on a guy like Trey Tucker. Maybe Josh Samuel Schninker. Hopefully I'm saying that right. If I'm not, apologies. From their offensive line, I also want to keep an eye on Justin Heron. All right. We're going to take a quick timeout, and when we come back, we will talk about in the another abbreviated version of the middle segment here. We're going to take a brief timeout. When we come back, we'll give you the five key Buffalo players I'm keeping an eye on this game. And then we'll take another quick timeout and hear from Take Another Look. And when we return from that one, we will give you our keys to victory. Take a look at the Miami Dolphins week two opponent. Give you an update on what we can expect from post game, when that will happen most likely. And uh, we will send you off to kickoff from there. Despite at the time of this recording, we are 14 hours away from kickoff. Back in a moment, right after this, on. Bills pregame, the Buffalo Bills play here on Sports for Beginners. Hey hockey fans, with the hockey season now officially underway, it's about time for all of that hockey content to return to its rightful place. And that's why this is a podcast specifically designed for hockey fans like you. So whether you're driving to work and need some help getting ready for your team before they drop the puck, or driving to the school to learn something new in life makes On the Ice and Behind the Benches a part of your daily routine on Tuesdays and join me as your host on the podcast as we dive deeper into all hockey conversations with experts who know the game, former hockey players, coaches, and of course, everyone's worst enemy, the referees. So get ready for exclusive 
fantastic, entertaining, fun hockey content on this podcast. And join me, your host, Thomas McGregor, but co-host of the Sports for Beginners podcast, as we take this journey together on everything and anything in the hockey world. On the ice and behind the benches is the Neighboring Podcast to a Sports for Beginners podcast that airs episodes every Thursdays. But for us, we air episodes every Tuesdays. And for more information, please visit the Facebook page of our Neighboring Podcast, the Sports for Beginners podcast Facebook page to be exact. I'm so excited to begin this journey with you, and I hope you hockey fans, old, new, fan or no fan are ready to join me on this journey as well that's on the ice and behind the benches with your host thomas mcgregor myself every tuesdays on all of your favorite podcasting platforms including spotify and if you want early access to early episodes of the podcast upload you can visit anchor.fm as soon as the episode has already been uploaded onto your favorite podcasting platform should there be any delays to its launch that's anchor.fm for early access on on the ice and behind the benches episodes before they hit your platform we are currently available on spotify and air episodes every tuesday We've got post and reaction content now, but I am excited to join the, have you join me on this journey, so don't miss it. And remember, on this podcast, nobody gets icing. Welcome back to Buffalo Bills pregame. I am your host, Scott McGregor. It is the pregame show for the Buffalo Bills. We are, as I mentioned earlier, 14 hours away from Buffalo Bills football in Orchard Park, New York, at Highmark Stadium, where the Buffalo Bills are getting ready to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. We've given you, in the first half of this middle segment, we've given you the... We have given to you the key players I am keeping an eye on in the first part of our middle segment. Now that we have taken a quick time out, we are going to give you, before we take another quick time out and get you into our final segment, we are going to give you my five. Yes. Five key players that I'm keeping an eye on for the Buffalo Bills in game number two, week two of our Buffalo Bills 2023 NFL season this season. I guess I should start with the quarterback, Josh Allen, correct? Of course, correct. Well, I am going to keep an eye on Josh. But I'm also keeping an eye on guys like Jordan Poyer, uh, Stefan Diggs, for sure. I will be keeping an eye on Diggs. 
And of course, I will be keeping an eye on Gabriel on Gabriel Davis. And yeah, you know what? Why not throw in Micah Hyde? Micah Hyde, host, uh, one of the hosts, I should say, of the M&M show with Maddie Glab and Micah Hyde. They are the hosts of the M&M show, which just came to an end prior to the kickoff of the first week when we faced the New York Jets. I don't have to remind you of the final score, but I'll remind you anyways. It was 22 Jets to Buffalo 16. Buffalo lost 22 to 16 in week number one on Monday Night Football. And we got another one coming up in the later weeks. Of course, we've got a couple of Sunday Night Footballs to come. But right now, let's do some Sunday afternoon football to get going. And the first one here is against the Raiders. And yeah, it is 14 hours away from kicking off. Kickoff again scheduled for 1 p.m. Eastern at Highmark Stadium. And yeah, um, so yeah, just a quick recap here of my key players. Uh, for the Buffalo Bills, I'm keeping an eye on Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jordan Poyer, and I am also keeping an eye on Micah Hyde. And you know what? We added a few people for the Raiders. So before we remind you who we did with the Raiders, I want to talk about a few other people I'm going to be keeping my eyes on when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. And one in particular is the rookie Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid looked pretty good in the loss against the Jets catching every single ball that came his way. And yeah, you know what? I'm keeping an eye on Dalton. Uh, and I'm also going to keep an eye on guys like Osiris Torrance. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on Leonard Floyd. And yeah, just to name a few, Leonard Floyd and uh, Osiris Torrance and Dalton Kincaid, I'm going to keep an eye on as well as Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Jordan Poyer, Gabriel Davis, and Micah Hyde. Reminder of who I'm keeping an eye on for the Las Vegas Raiders. Number one is the quarterback, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garofalo. Number two is one of their running backs, Josh Jacobs. Number three, Marquise Calloway. Number four, uh, I'm going to say Justin uh, Samuel Schinninger. Hopefully I said that correctly. Uh, yeah, I've gotten a couple of guys in there. You can check it out in the opening of that middle segment. But regardless, those are the guys I'm keeping an eye on for this game. Before we wrap up the middle segment here and get down to the final segment, let's get you in on who the Miami Dolphins played week one, who they are playing week two, and who their opponent played in week one and who they are playing the Dolphins. So Miami comes into week one with a win over the Chargers, a 36 to 34 win over the Chargers of LA. They next will face off against the the New England Patriots. I'm talking Miami Dolphins here. Meanwhile, the New England Patriots 
will be looking to try and go one and one after falling in week one to the Philadelphia Eagles, 25 to 20, last Sunday on September the 10th. And as they prepare for Sunday Night Football against the Miami Dolphins, they are, as we stand now, third in the AFC East. And one would guess that Buffalo, being the only team other than the Jets and the Patriots that lost in Week 1, one would guess that Buffalo is fourth in the AFC East, and the first place belongs to the New York Jets. And, of course, in second place are the Miami Dolphins, and third it belongs to the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. All right, more on that and more on the Miami Dolphins postgame in just a moment, but first we're going to take another quick break and hear from Take Another Look, the podcast. And when we come back, we are going to get down to the meat and potatoes. The keys to victory are coming up next. But before we get to all of that, it's time to check in on who the Miami Dolphins are playing. We already mentioned them. They are playing the New England Patriots on Sunday night football this week. We'll get into all of that in the final segment. But right now, we are going to take a brief timeout and hear from Take Another Look. And when we return, possible hearing from Sean McDermott, head coach of your Buffalo Bills. Maybe we we will hear from Josh Allen. We will also hear... You know what? Maybe we might not hear from uh, other guys as well, but we will hear from Josh Allen. We will hear from Sean McDermott. And we will also bring up keys to victory. Look at Miami's opponent in the New England Patriots and Phil Belichick. And then we will send you off to kickoff from there. Bill's pregame is back for one final segment right after this. Take another look with Gerda Felix and Melanie Tadio Malo. Two powerful women of diverse backgrounds having genuine, unique, and uncomfortable conversations that everyone needs to have. Join Melanie and Gerda for conversations about what is missing from human connections. Uh, Injury report, Mitch was on it. Um, He's doing fine for the most part and should be ready to go. So that's all I got for you. See the production of Jacoby. Obviously, his status is uncertain, but immediate impact in Week One. How has he kind of changed things a little bit for their offense? Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a player I've I have a lot of respect for. You know, playing him in the division for a few years and watching him grow and develop, and um, very physical football player at the at the wide receiver position, which is uh, those two don't always go hand in hand. He's extremely involved in the run game and. Um, he's, he's a great route runner, and um, I have a ton of respect for his game. What do you mean about Deontay Hardy as a person as he got to know more and more? 
What do you say? What, what have you learned about Deontay as a person? Hardy, as he yeah, um, uh, he comes across as a quieter um, player, um, but he's he's not as quiet as he leads on, and he's. Um, That's Sean McDermott. Uh, we'll get back to Sean in just a moment. And, of course, you can hear the uh, the ad here. He was asked about Deontay Hardy. We'll get back to Sean in just a moment here. But welcome into the final segment here of the Bills pregame show. It's the Bills. It's the Raiders. Josh Allen did not speak to the media on the last day that the media was spoken to. Before the big game, the only people that did speak, though, TKO Spikes. TKO Spikes is going to be the legend of the game, and he is going to be in Buffalo, I understand, when the Buffalo Bills come into Buffalo to play the Raiders in about 14 hours' time. Make that now 13 hours time when we recorded it. When we started recording, this was 14 hours time. Uh, And uh, other people that spoke to the media, uh, Stefan Diggs spoke, Jordan Poyer spoke. We'll hear from Diggs. Uh, We will hear also from, you know what? We're also going to squeeze in uh, offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. Uh, maybe we will, instead of Ken Dorsey, we probably will squeeze in Eric Washington. But nonetheless, let's get back to who, who we are hearing from right now before we get to all of that. And ladies and gentlemen, right now, I want to turn your attention right back to your head coach of the Buffalo Bills, the one and only Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott, you're back on you're back on the floor. Let's hear more from the head coach of your Buffalo Bills slash defensive coordinator in place of Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott. Um very smart and I don't think people realize how smart he is and uh, I know he's got a a young family around him here in Orchard Park and um, just cool to talk life with him a little bit and and get to know the the person inside of the helmet. When did you start to see him come out of that you know not being as quiet as he seems during his you know sometimes that's natural when a guy gets to a team when was it for him? Well I think I think he's still quiet it's just more of like if you can he just kind of has kind of subtle makes subtle comments and he's got a little bit of a sense of humor to him also a little bit witty you know so um he's sharp last year's we've talked a lot about christian benford this week and obviously like what you've seen him in that family and understanding he's a quieter guy what do you kind of look for in you know talking to those guys to see that they can have that presence out on the field even though he's a quieter guy in the locker room and meeting rooms like what about him kind of has stood up stood out off the Right. Well, the one thing I've seen with Christian is he is extremely quiet off the field, but um, the job calls for him to communicate on the field, and, and he has he has embraced that. Um, and sometimes that makes 
um, you know, one who's not maybe um, prone to be loud and boisterous off the field. It makes people uncomfortable to stretch oneself. But in this case, um, he does what he needs to do in terms of what's what's asked and what's uh, what's expected. So um, I've been very happy with um, with him doing that. Do you feel like he's made any specific jumps from year one to year two that like stand out to you? Like anything he's particularly done well compared to like what you're Well, he's healthy. Uh, we can start there. He missed a number of games last year, and um, so availability is key. And um, he's picked up right where he left off last year. He was he showed um, ability last year, and um, some of the same things you guys are seeing. It's listen, it's one game though, you know. So it's a day to day approach and game to game approach. So we just have to stay after it. Your offense used 12th personnel at one of the highest rates in week one. What gave you the confidence just to lean into that so much to open the season? Well, I think, again, the combination of, of Dawson and Dalton, um, you know, two good football players with similar yet slightly different skill sets. Um, and, uh, you know, I think there's the tight end position is valuable to any offense. And, and so um, it's about mixing and matching from time to time, how it matches up against a particular opponent, um, just game plan wise as well. How does somebody like Matt Milano help Terrell Bernard you know, when you're figuring first started, you know, middle linebacker. How does somebody like Matt help Terrell in those, navigate some of those situations? Yeah, I mean, Matt's seen um, uh, a number of snaps of football uh, in a Bills uniform and because of that in the NFL and so the experience is, there's no substitute for experience and uh, you know, Terrell um, did some good things in the game uh, last week and then there's some things collectively that um, he and we need to get better at and that just comes through uh, being young and, and, and making some of those mistakes. So he's got to grow from it. And uh, and those two need to <clears throat> be in the film room together, as I know they are, and um, do some things together when, you know, coaches aren't around kind of on their own in terms of improving their game. We'll be right back to Sean McDermott in a matter of moments. Uh, we'll let these ads go right through. And with that being said, we'll get down to previewing. Before we get to our keys to victory, we'll get down to previewing Sunday night football. Dolphins at the at the Patriots. Dolphins at the Patriots. Oh, it's gonna be this one's gonna be interesting. The Roadrunner and Ty and Tua and Tua Tiger Viola. The Roadrunner and Tyree Kill, and of course. He's also known as the Cheetah, the Cheetah. And he is going to be probably one of Tua's best backs for uh, Tua. I should say best receivers for Tua. And uh, it, it should be noted that Tua Tagovailoa was named the Offensive Player of the Year for the or say player of the week for the AFC East. And we, of course, will get you back to Sean McDermott in just a moment. But previewing this game here, both teams look like they played pretty hard in their last game, but obviously there are things that there are things that like Sean McDermott just said, there are things that you gotta learn from and uh get better at. So I'm expecting a Really, really good game from the Dolphins and the Patriots. 
And of course, you can catch Dolphins Postgame with Thomas McGregor, the host of Dolphins Postgame, on the Sports for Beginners podcast feed. Following a double duty as he will do Blue Jays game recap. And of course, he will also do Dolphins postgame after Sunday Night Football's game. He'll do that. Probably going to get that out to you on Monday late. Uh, We'll probably also get the Blue Jays game recap out to you late. The Blue Jays, however, are on the off day. And we will get all of that to you when we possibly can. All right. Let's get back to the man of the hour, Sean McDermott. And before we get down to keys to victory, we are going to hear, we're only going to hear from Sean and we're going to hear from uh, Stefan Diggs. But I did want to get a few other guys in. We're only going to hear though from Sean McDermott and from Stefan Diggs. So let's get right back now to the man himself, Sean McDermott. Uh, being young and, and, and making some of those mistakes, so he's got to grow from it. And uh, and those two need to <clears throat> be in the film room together, as I know they are, and um, do some things together when you know coaches aren't around, kind of on their own in terms of improving their game. Eric said that he pulled Terrell aside to tell him how good of a job he did. I mean, you go out there, do all the pre-snap stuff, and then you know play. Obviously, there's some things that didn't maybe go the way he wanted but did you notice at all him improving over the course of the game and getting more comfortable post snap yeah i mean you could see the confidence building and when you go out there i mean i don't care whether you're first time junior high player or high school or then in college now in the nfl it's the same like for the first time i mean you go out there and it's Little, you're a little anxious um, until you say, hey, no, I can I can do this. And it takes some plays, some confidence-building plays to do that. And I think he had a few of those early in the game. And and um, and then ones after that he, want, you know, he, he wants back. But, again, it's just, hey, can you do it? And once you realize, hey, no, I can do this, I belong out here, it just allows you to free up a little bit more and start to flow. When Ed plays the way that he did, I think it was six pressures, you know, just being in the backfield almost all evening, what does that do for your defense? Uh, it's huge. When you're when you're starting three technique can impact a game. Um, we need that every week. As that continues to grow, um, that's what we expect from him and need from him, quite frankly. So I've been very pleased with how hard he's worked. His attention to detail is focused right now. And, and um, you know, if he continues with that and another player that continues to learn on the job, um, he'll take his game, you know, each and every week to a, to a new level. What makes the Bills winner so special? I think any home game in, in Orchard Park uh, is special. It really is. I mean, it's an uh, incredible atmosphere, unlike any around the NFL. Maybe, you know, similar in some ways to, to Lambeau. Um, the, the environment, the um, cookouts that are going on, it's, it's, I really enjoy you know, driving in, into the stadium in the morning and watching people, you know, hanging out, having fun, spending time with family, spending time with friends, and then... Um, it's not like at some stadiums where, you know, at kickoff it's half half full and it's going to fill in a little bit. They're here right at, at the start, which I love. <laughs> I'd love to. Maybe on the way home after a win, maybe. Yeah, 
yeah, um, it's it's one of those deals where you got to be intentional about it and uh, and purposeful, and um, you've got to have the right mindset as well. And um, you know, it's a it's an all day affair in terms of if you know you stop it for the first couple of series or the first couple quarters, and then if you all of a sudden you let up, you relax for one play for one second, and and you give up a big one that that impacts you know the game or impacts the numbers statistically in terms of what you're able to do against the run. So um, it's got to be an all-day affair. Josh, and some of the captains have talked about this message of doing more than their 111 and kind of trying to spread that. And a lot of people are curious what you think of that, because obviously the 111 is something you preach a lot, like that message that they're saying do even more. Yeah, no, I, I embrace, um, I support. We talk about those things. Uh, we, I meet with those guys and, um, you know, things that they come up with and, they vet them through me, and I vet some things through them. It's a good partnership that way, and um, appreciate their leadership. Um, and I think anytime you can do more than your 111, I think it's great, um, just as long as it, it doesn't get you in trouble, right? You got let's take care of the 111th in, a, in natural order first, and then doing more second. So um, I think that's uh, that's good for us. When we were talking about Josh Marchand, like I said, how you're attacking it from a bunch of different methods. I was curious just of his turnovers. I was curious just big picture. How have you seen that kind of evolve as you've been a coach of, you know, now there's so many ways to work with a guy more holistically and yeah. he's stuck on something versus just like, hey, stop doing this. Like, right. What has that been like in your coaching journey? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when, when you were younger, when I was growing up, um, you know, you were, you were yelled at. That was the one way. Right, you were yelled at, and you, and you ex- were expected to get it corrected. Um, so it's it's amazing how through technology and and beyond, other resources were able to attack challenges. Um, and and I think the other piece is knowing the knowing the player, knowing the person. Um, not everybody responds, um, and this is separate of Josh's situation, but responds to this certain to a certain type of coaching so i think knowing the the person you're dealing with is highly important as well uh i i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't just i couldn't you know agree more with i was about to say disagree but i couldn't agree more with head coach sean mcdermott and you know what this whole thing about doing your 111th is so it's it's hard for me to put this into words. It's hard for me to put it into words, but I guess what I could say, I guess what I could say is, uh, you know, doing your 111th and doing more than your 111th is great and all, but you got to, like, and I mean, you have got I mean, you have got to do your 111th and more, but make sure it doesn't get you in trouble. And that's a big thing that Sean McDermott noted. All right. Speaking of which, let's uh, wrap up here this final segment with some keys to victory. We'll tell you a little bit more, I guess, on the flip side of Stefan Diggs. Let's, uh, which we'll bring up, uh, right, right now. But before we do that, gets to some keys to victory here, and we are going to be sending you off to kick off. So by the time you probably hear this, even though I said it was like what thirteen hours now, 
uh, away from kickoff because it's now like 11 17 at night on a Saturday night and we're recording this hours and hours and I mean hours away from the first away from the first kickoff of week two for game for this game week um again please let us know via voice message or via email at sports for beginners podcast 8231 at gmail.com please let us know where you are repping the buffalo bills where you are watching the game if you are of if you are okay with doing so, that's a roll call, roll call uh, thing that we're going to be getting to. Keys to victory are going to come up within the first couple of minutes of Stefan Diggs' media availability. But let's hear right now what Stefan had to say. And taking us out into kickoff, we are actually, I am going to squeeze in Eric Washington who did speak to the media. So we are going to squeeze in Eric Washington before we sign off and send you off to kickoff. But before we do that, we're hearing from Stefan Diggs, and we're also going to hear from Eric Washington. But as we are hearing from Stefan Diggs, we're going to get into my three, count them, three keys to victory for a Buffalo win on home soil against the Raiders. All right, enough said from me. Let's hear from the wide receiver. Here is Stefan Diggs, number 14 of your Buffalo Bills. As he spoke to the media on, at the day of this recording, it is September the 16th, 2023. It he spoke to the media on September 14th. So just two days ago, he spoke to the media on Thursday. He spoke to the media on Thursday. Let's hear what Stefan had to say. Shoot. It was cool. Like, I, uh, that was my second time on the Vonkast. He's a... Uh... You know, he's obviously, a, he's obviously been, like, one of those guys that uh, show you that he can do everything. You know I'm saying? Hell of a football player, uh, hell of a host. So, you know, I like his show. So, uh, he had me on for a second time. I was happy about that. So, try to make it good. What do you take out of Monday night? And, you know, how far, how much needs to be corrected in, in your mind? I feel like it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a combination of things. We did some good things out there, but we uh, obviously did some things that weren't characteristic for all of us. I feel like uh, we all can kind of lean on each other and learn from the loss. Um, at moments, you know, it was shining. You feel like we were going to win there. At other moments, you know, it kind of got, got away from us a little bit. So uh, kind of continuing just to get on the same page and continue to uh, move in that right direction. Uh, you, you try to take it with a grain of salt, like, you know what I'm saying? It's in the past now. Nothing we could do about it, but learn from it, move forward, and let's try, not, let's try to be better next time or be better in the, in the future. Is that a message you feel like you need to send? I mean, Sean talked about, he used the word reset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I like yesterday. that. Mm-hmm. Is, is that kind of a, the approach? 100%. Um, considering that if you have the right approach daily throughout the week, uh, 
win a game, if you lose a game or win a game, if you had the right approach or you put the necessary time and the effort as far as like to have the right results, I feel like you can live with that. Um, it's when you don't do the right things throughout the week or like you know what I'm saying, then that's when you have a problem where you have a drawback on going to the drawing board again. But we did everything that we could during the week. We just gotta, you know, make it come alive in the game time all the way. So you know what I'm saying have the right process is what I say. But reset, we back to work now. We got a new opponent this weekend. Uh trying to get this show on the road, I guess. Right. All right, after these ads, we'll get back to Stefan Diggs. But right now, it's time for my three keys to victory. So, how am I predicting? Sorry, how am I? If I'm the Bills, how am I going to win this game on home soil? against the Las Vegas Raiders to avoid going 0-2. And to be specific, I mean 0-2. and So how am I going to avoid such an area like that? Well, first of all, I want to say my first key to victory would be don't take too many penalties offensively and defensively. We saw how some of the penalties kind of hurt the Bills during week one and during the first game against the Jets. Also, I want to say do not, and I mean do not, be careless with the football. Josh has come out post-game in the end of week one's game, which was an overtime loss. He came out and he said that he was the reason why they lost this game on Monday night. but. All that considered, he wants to try to get better and do things uh, better, make more better decisions. We've heard this all before, but I I still believe in the Bills, and I still think it's just one game. So we got to continue to try to get better every week. Um, and uh, second, so second key to victory here: make better decisions with the football. And my third and final key to victory here, if I'm the Bills, I'm looking or I'm focusing on my assignment. I'm just focusing on my assignment. I'm not one. I wouldn't be one to look and say, oh, I could have done this better. Oh, I could have done. Oh, you know what? If I did this, I that this would have happened. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not that kind of dude. Focus on your assignment. That's my third and final key to victory. So keys to victory. Number three, focus on your assignment. Number two, make better decisions with the football offensively and defensively. Well, more likely offensively. And of course, my first key to victory. Do not take too many penalties when in the game because Penalties can hurt you, but they can also be good for you. But penalties, like costly ones, uh, can definitely hurt you in the long run. So with that being said, let's send you back now to Stefan Diggs as we continue hearing from Stefan Diggs. We're going to hear from Eric Washington as well. 
But right now, let's hear more from Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I mean, it's um, I feel like it's a uh, it's a game inside the game. And saying, like, of course, like uh, the ace X and those are out there, but more so, kind of like bringing it full circle and like being on the same page, being there for them, um, good, bad, or indifferent. You know what I'm saying, like, I've been here for some years now. People have considerably seen me do everything on the sideline at this point. You know what I'm saying, so uh, trying to keep them in the right mind setting, keep flying around, keep making plays, and just keep your confidence. You know, they have a, they have a, a they have a real good defense. You know what I'm saying, we'll see that team again, but. Uh, you know, the second time around, you know, we, of course, we had different results, but you got to do the necessary things to put us in the right spot uh, consistently, especially during the week. Like, I feel like I could have did, did some things differently um, to help us, but just continue to grow. I feel like that's the biggest thing. Do you get how he, I mean, I know what the, the sense, at least, of what your relationship is, but he puts mm-hmm. as much of it on himself yeah. as he did. Like, uh, how do you... What are those conversations like, and what's your message to him in those circumstances? Just, um, you're not, you're not by yourself. Uh, we all, we in this thing together. Like, no, no one man, uh, can be perfect out there. You know what I'm saying? We all have mishaps. I've had plenty of good games, plenty of bad games. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, I, I got his back. We got his back. I just want him to know that we here for him regardless. You know what I'm saying? No matter what happens throughout the game, uh, it's one game. You know what I'm saying? Like, move forward. We got, we'll shake back. You know what I'm saying? It's the positive energy and the positive reinforcement. I feel like kind of will steadfast or kind of keep us in the right mindset. And we'll, we'll shake back. We always do. You know what I'm saying? It'll happen. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I don't want to take it too hard. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to take a, take a loss too hard. And there's nothing that you can do about it now. So uh, try to get one this week. There's a track record short. I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. him. We've seen you as an offense yeah. respond to adverse situations. Exactly. I, I mean, I, considering that, I mean, a lot of guys that's in this building or that's in this locker room coming from being counted out or coming with your back against the wall or just having something to prove, I feel like it's a uh, it's a comfortable spot for guys, you know what I'm saying? Especially when you're okay. I, haven't had, I didn't have my best shining moment, but I'm going to show you that I can do it on a consistent basis. And, you know what I'm saying, like for me, uh, I've, I've had moments where, I, you know what I'm saying, like I didn't play well, I didn't catch the ball, and I'm like this, damn, what can I do about it now? I can only get better. But I know um, my team got my back, and that's the biggest thing. Outside of those tough moments, you feel good about the efficiency of the offense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, um, I feel like we were moving the ball. We were moving it around. Um, it was our first showing. I'm saying kind of getting used to some new pieces. We got a couple new pieces. So uh, everybody getting on the same page out there. I was ex- I'm still excited for us. I feel like we still, you know, we're getting a lot of shell coverage and a lot of top-down coverage. Everything is in front of them. So it's not, to me, it's not exciting as people would like it to be, but it's efficient. So I feel like whatever works at this point to put us in the best position, I'm down for it. For everything that took place during the offseason, did it feel good to come through with a 10 reception, 100 yard game in your first game out? Ask me one more time. After everything that went on during the offseason, a little bit of off the field drama, on the field drama, dealing with all that, did it feel good coming out and showing out like that with a 10 reception, 100 yard performance? No, not, not exactly. Because, I mean, we lost a game. For me, like, there's never been no. Uh, no blow at my, my professional, like, how good I am or if I'm exceptional or not as a receiver. Um, with everything that happens off the field, like, for me, uh, I'm, I'm trying to win. And I reiterate that people kind of get glossed or glossed off or whatever, but I want to win. And I feel like me uh, contributing to the team that puts us in a good situation. So me having success is not – I've been in the league nine years now. You know what I'm saying? If I'm supposed to have a game like that. I'm supposed to have a better game. You know what I'm I probably could have did more. You know what I'm saying? Maybe catch and run. I was trying to get down a little bit, so – being comfortable. What's the, what's the right balance in your mind between? All right. Another quick little 
break there in the Stefan Diggs ads and we actually are just going to flip right through them because before we preview more of Sunday Night Football Miami versus New England I want to get Stefan out of the way we've done our keys to victory our key players to watch all of that jazz so let's just breeze through the ad and get back to Diggs here we go we're back to Diggs I'll let him do the rest of the talking. Team that puts in a good situation. So me having success is not, I've been in the league nine years now. You know what I'm saying? If I'm supposed to have a game like that. I'm supposed to have a better game. I probably could have did more. You know what I'm saying? Maybe catch and run. I was trying to get down a little bit. So getting comfortable. What's the, what's the right balance in your mind between, you know, getting those targets and the, the yards and the catches that, that you expect to have, like you just kind of mentioned there, versus also getting some other guys going in the offense too, uh, to kind of maybe alleviate some of the pressure that, that you feel on yourself or some of the attention that defenses are going to be paying to you? Well, I don't feel any pressure at all. You know what I'm saying? This is what my job entails. This is what it's called for. Um, for me, it's like I don't, I can't really find a balance. It just comes game to game. Like, if you get one-on-one matches or you get opportunities, cool. For me, like, I tell the guys all the time, like, you can ask them. Like, I ain't selfish. Like, you know what I'm saying? If, if I'm getting doubled or I'm getting top-down coverage or I can attract some attention to get somebody else open, I'm all for it. So it's not so much a balance. It's just all about what the defense will give you. So let's just take what they give us, and we can go from there. Like, every game is going to be different. I mean, I feel like, uh, especially last, like on Monday, you know what I'm saying? it's all about what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? It's not really so much of a balance for me. I just like this. I want to put us in the best position to win. And, uh, if that gives me X amount of targets, cool. If that gives me X amount of catches, cool. You know what I'm saying? But I ultimately want to win, so we can go from there. Game, first game. Oh, yeah, I was happy for him. You know, he mixed it up a little bit. He showed us his physicality as well. Like, everybody calling him like a little receiver tight end, and then he puts his nose in there, and he uh, kind of dug for a couple more extra yards and just plays like that. Those gritty plays coming from a tight end really gives you a little bit of – as a receiver, um, I can't say I can uh, do that on a consistent basis. So, like, he kind of gives me a little juice when he does stuff like that. So, I was proud of him. I think he got a lot more in him. Uh, he's going to continue to show it. I saw a couple plays where he was open, too. I went to him on the sideline, and I was like, I see you over there. I see you over there getting open. You know what I'm saying? I said, just keep getting open. He'll find you. Uh, I mean, I feel like we'll mix it up. I mean, we like I said, we don't have a shortage of talent on this offense. I feel like we got a lot of guys that can make plays. Um, but it also, like, it feels like, damn, like, what, what direction we want to go in? We got so many weapons. So I feel like it's a good spot to be in. Uh, week to week, you don't know what you're going to get or how, how it's going to show up. So for me, uh, hopefully I'm out there mixing it up a little bit. How about this Raiders defense? Yeah. Specifically the secondary. Looked like they made things difficult on the Broncos last week. What are your impressions of that group? Uh, they're, uh, they're an impressive group as well. I mean, I feel like, I mean, in this in this league, also their DC is a hell of a DC. He mixes it up, has Rolodex of coverages. But for me, I feel like uh, initially you're seeing a lot of good defenses. They they've gotten way better than they. It's not the old cover two, cover four. It's a lot of it's a lot of different uh, moving parts. So for me, uh, they're flying around. They got they got Marcus Peters back. They got a young kid, the young kid out of Maryland. You know what I'm saying? Some Maryland fam over there. Uh, they got some players over there, and they. They, they flying around. Um, I feel like it's going to be another test for us to see uh, being smart, you know what I'm saying, um, trying to stay in the green, you know I'm saying, not too many negative plays, and, you know, trying to score too. Looked like you were pretty emotional before the game on Monday night. What do you expect the emotions to be like in front of the home crowd? One more time. Emotional win. Just, just before the game, like Monday night, everybody did, not oh, just yeah. specifically. Just I mean, just being excited. I mean, I feel like 
excited. Uh, this going to be the home opener. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, uh, for me, I've been in the league for a little while now. I just get excited to play football, have an opportunity to go out there and really uh, put some good things on display, hopefully. You know what I'm saying? And just being a part of a team that, you know what I'm saying, that wants to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, guys out there, they're trying. They're giving everything we got. So, good, bad, or indifferent. I feel like when I'm out there, I feel like uh, I'm having the time of my life. You watch Devontae Adams? Like, yeah. Real special receivers when you're yeah. you know, on the sideline. You watch it, especially in particular Devontae Adams. I mean, all the all the guys, but you know, Tay has been a guy that's uh, been one of the best receivers in the league for a while now. I mean, I kind of dated back to when uh, we were in Minnesota and he was in he was in uh, Green Bay. So I've been seeing it real, real close for a while. That back then I used to see it twice a year. He's been making plays for. I don't know how many years it's been now. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a, too much of a surprise, but you can kind of really see what makes guys special, what they're good at and what they're not. He, he doesn't have too many weaknesses. So um, it's a couple of receivers that you can kind of see, like, well done. You good? How was the back-to-back for your family of getting to see Trayvon? And then- um, it's exciting. Um, for me, I, that's what I talk, talked a little bit about it on Vaughn po- Vaughn's podcast about uh, – you know, I, something that I wish everybody could experience. You know what I'm saying, like from a uh, from a family point, family standpoint, I have a little brother that's in the NFL. You know what I'm saying, I get to watch him play. Like that's just something that I don't know many people that get to experience. There's a couple guys in the league with siblings, but to uh, reach your profession is something that you love, and then watch your sibling do it as well. I don't know. It seems like uh, it makes you feel like a kid again. Like you're happy. You're excited. It's like this damn like. And then I have like this small piece of me that's rooting for the Cowboys. You know what I'm saying, I used to be a Cowboy fan, and I got in the league, and I said, all right, I don't like him anymore more than they Josh my brother and I'm like I, I might like y'all <laughs> hey Steph Josh yeah. is so good at 95% of what he does yeah it's that last you know 2-3% that you're chasing how hard is it to to improve on that last 3-4% especially when you know everything else you've done in this league day to day has made you so successful at the other 95 i mean i guess i imagine it being hard i'm saying he's a he's a hell of an athlete he's he's big he's strong he can he can throw he can he can run it's nothing that he damn near superman i'm saying i feel like that's that's been it's been working up to this point so it's kind of hard to break certain habits but uh for us like all you can do is try to be a good teammate be a good receiver for him i'm saying catch the balls or like even like on the play i felt like i told him i said i could have knocked it out i tried i'm saying but just working a little harder for him i'm saying uh we're not gonna be perfect i'm not asking for perfection but i I know that he's he's gonna give it everything he got and i can work with that i'm saying i can i can deal with a winner each and every day i'm saying a guy that's trying to win i'd rather god care than not care you ever do that yourself, Steph? You're just chasing that three percent. Every day, I chase it every day. I feel like some things I'm not good at. I don't share. I don't share it too often because I don't want nobody to know my weaknesses. But, but yeah, I try to get better at it every day. For him, sure this business, you know, it's you guys play once a week, so it, it kind of invites overreactions. But do you, yeah. do you feel like that's especially true every week, one good or bad? Yeah, I mean, I heard. I heard a lot of football. I'm saying it's, it's you got one game to go off, and sometimes you have all the fame guys off for one game and then you won't hear from from week 16 you know and saying it's just all predicated on week to week like for me uh i feel like you just take it one game at a time that's just the media kind of doing their job and you know saying it's we haven't had football nothing really to talk about now there's plenty to talk about and we kind of gotta wait for week two <laughs> to talk about something else so i feel like this is gonna go on for another couple of days and then we'll go and we'll go from there hopefully we you know get things on the right track this week we're working at it and Taking it day by day. Steph, I, I'm not going to ask you about your weaknesses or to reveal them or any of that stuff, but I just I wanted to go back to what you just kind of said there because I think and it's a different position, obviously for Josh though. When we talked to him yesterday, you know he's he's trying to refine 
a lot of what has made him so successful. Mm-hmm. Whether it's trying to pick up the extra yard when he's running or mm-hmm. put the ball into a window or that sort of a thing. And it's kind of a fine line. Yeah. Right there. I mean, I guess, how do you, can you, in, in your position at this stage of your career, kind of relate to that? I, I mean, it's crazy because Josh Allen can throw passes that not many people can't. You know what I'm saying at an at advantage those tight windows. Some quarterbacks don't never experience that because they can't do it physically. You know what I'm saying you can't fit your ball in that window. You know what I'm saying you can't make that throw. But when you got a quarterback that can, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, all right, I, I can, but should I? You know what I'm saying? And and all of us, like as a player, uh, you feel like you can't always. You know what I'm saying and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So that's the double-edged sword. But uh, that little two three percent, like I can live without it. I'm saying, as long as a guy's trying at it, you know I'm saying I can live without it. It's just he's physically able to do things that not a lot of quarterbacks can, like him fighting for more yards. I guarantee that if Josh is fighting for a couple more yards, he'll get those few more yards. You know what I'm saying majority of quarterbacks can't stiff arm a DB or run into a linebacker or shake off a DN. So for me, I just feel like the things that make you good, they make you good. You know what I'm saying if they hurt us a little bit, oh well, I'm rocking with you regardless. You know what I'm saying I got some flaws myself who don't. So that's how it is. Your touchdown. Sorry, your touchdown was one of those tight windows. On a play like that, like what yeah. goes through your head when you see Josh doing something like that? Catch the ball. <laughs> not not much. I try to I try to alleviate or not think about much when I'm out there. I just want to play ball, hoop, man. I'm saying try to have some success. Talk a lot about what happened Monday. Just what have you seen out of him this week in practice that maybe led you to believe he'll shake off? I mean, he, he's coming to work just like each and every day. You know what I'm saying? I want him to smile. I want him to live his life like he's focused as usual. It's nothing. It's nothing that he did prior to that game that would have made me think he wasn't focused. He's he's been a guy that's working hard and doing every doing all the right things. It's never going to be that. So I feel like uh, at this point, like, no, nah, it's a it's a new week. Shake it off. He's going to fly around. Receivers going to catch. Quarterbacks going to throw. Linemen going to block. Running backs going to run a little bit. I hope. Saw <laughs> Superman earlier. If you were a superhero, what would uh, superhero you think you'd be? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I think I'm a superhero right now. That's Stefan Diggs, and we're wrapping this up here after quickly previewing a little bit of the Sunday night matchup. Speaking of Sunday night, before we get to preview, like, Our final, final preview of this, let's bring you the only song that you'll hear every Sunday evening. So, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, and of course, all of the credit is going to YouTube, all of the credit is going to the content creators. Of the of the ownership of it. And you know what? Now, uh, I actually do also want to give credit to NBC, who are the people behind the Sunday night football. They also, at times, they could do Thursday night football. They did the kickoff. And you know what? Let's not waste any more time. Let's bring you Sunday night football's theme because guess what? It'll be Sunday night when the New England Patriots take on the Miami Dolphins. With that being said, 
Here comes Sunday Night Football theme. That is the Sunday night theme from the Cowboys and the Giants game. As you could hear the theme there, but my goodness gracious. I mean, doesn't it get any better than this? Like, no matter who's singing Sunday night football, I just, I just really, I, I really just, you know what? I don't even know what to think of it, but it's so it's so good to hear voices that you normally wouldn't even hear. Anyways, it's Sunday Night Football, Dolphins and the Patriots, Mike McDaniel versus uh, Bill Belichick. And I couldn't think of anything else to do now but give you more from Buffalo. Before we do, I, I want to end off previewing Sunday Night Football, Miami versus the Patriots, by giving you a prediction. And I predict that the Dolphins go, oh, and sorry, the Dolphins go 2 and 0, 2 and 0. Oh, over the Patriots, I think the Dolphins are going to be a problem, as what Matt Perino has said. And, uh, I mean, he said it on Twitter, but, uh, well, actually, it's called X. You know what? I'm calling it Twitter, and I'm going to stay with that. Uh, we are going to hear next from... Uh, The next person that did speak. And of course, you got Mitch Moore. So you did have some from Jordan Poyer. Of the players, we are going to hear from Eric Washington in just a few minutes. But before we hear from Eric Washington, we, I, I'm giving you prediction, prediction here. And I predict, I predict the Dolphins will beat the Patriots at Gillette Stadium 23 to 17 
And if they don't, they might, and I say might because I don't know if it's going to happen, they might blow out the Patriots. And if they do, I'm thinking maybe 30 to 0. 30 to 0. That'll be my final prediction if it is indeed a blowout. But I'm going to stick to my prediction that I gave before. 23 to 17. Dolphins over the Patriots on Sunday night. Uh, the Patriots are a tough team to play. And with that, uh, rather than say more, I want to get to what I promised you here because I did say we were going to hear from Eric Washington. We did. I did want to give Ken Dorsey. I also wanted to give Mitch Morris and Jordan Poyer. But we're going to save it for je- for now. And here we didn't hear from Josh Allen, but we are. But we did hear from Stefan Diggs. We heard from head coach Sean McDermott of your Buffalo Bills. Now. Let's hear from the man himself, uh, Eric Washington. Eric, the floor is now yours. 83-yard run, uh, Sean mentioned a bad run fits. Is that a mental mistake or is it a physical mistake usually when that happens? Yeah, at that particular point, it was more physical. It was just more physical. A couple of things that we could have done a little bit better in terms of just our fundamentals and technique at the point of attack and then how we address the cutback run, just all things that we can improve. The margin of error is small uh, in this league, and you have to be very good or things like that could happen. But, you know, that's really out of character for our defense. I mean, you don't get to be where we've been in the last couple of years, giving up explosive runs, and our guys take a lot of pride in stopping the run. Well, we just have we have to be ourselves, regardless of, of who the opponent is. This is a determined rushing attack that we're going to see, so we have to make sure that our fundamentals, how we address specific runs relative to the calls, are at a high le- high end level. So we it's it's really about us and and what we have to do to make sure that we give ourselves a chance every snap. Well, outside of the two explosive runs, I thought the guys played physical. They played hard. Uh, we got downhill. We addressed the point of attack. It's just on those two particular plays, when, you, when, you, when you're not exactly where you need to be, uh, those things can happen. But um, overall, they were physical. Um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we, we actually we set the edge. You know, Greg Russo set the edge and forced a fumble down in the red zone that put them in a tough third down situation. So for the most part, it was solid, but we just want to make sure we don't give up big chunk runs. Yeah, you know, just from the very beginning, he was ready to go. Um, got a hit on the quarterback early in the ball game, forced, you know, forced him out of the pocket to have to really throw the ball away and to turn that into a negative play, even though we didn't sack him in that situation. And just a lot of energy. Um, he has some really good rushes. He didn't really finish the quarterback. He didn't get him on the ground, but he was disruptive uh, in what he was doing. Had a look for Leonard Floyd in a flow game with the Stevens. How did you think what stood out to you about him? Just, just the speed and the energy off the edge. Um, you know, I, I thought he did a nice job of not only winning his one-on-one, but creating population away from his his alignment when the quarterback started to deviate away from him. So that was really good to see. He executed in other aspects of, of, mm. of, of his game, but just the energy that he gave us as an edge rusher. Uh, 
Hunter, how rare is that? Like you've been in this league a long time. A guy gets to a place and then three months later makes his debut and has that kind of impact. Did you guys expect that, or is that something that it's pretty impressive what he was able to do in such a short amount of time? Well, he's a pro. He, he's like you mentioned. He's been around the block a few times. Leonard knows how to play this game. A lot of experience. A lot of things. Uh, that he can refer to. The biggest uh, thing that we had to do with Leonard was just get him up to speed as far as our defensive system, communication alignments, you know, just some of those things. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, when, when the, situa- the, the situation declares itself and it's one-on-one, he knows how to win. How do you feel like Terrell Bernard handled the situation, both in terms of communication and those things and his actual physical play? He, he did a good job. I told I told T. Bernard yesterday that I thought his debut went well. Uh, obviously, he wants to continue to build on that and to grow. Uh, he was physical. He was decisive with, with, with the communication uh, to the guys. And there are always things. I mean, that's a big stage, a big jump when you're in that position with that level of responsibility you know, as a second-year player. But overall, I thought he did a nice job. You have to do with him this week, knowing he's going he's to be the one battling crowd noise here at home in terms of some of those communication things. Well, you just we'll we'll, we'll try and um, create some of those that situation in practice, like we always do. Fortunately, you know we have that noise, and we try and challenge everybody from the beginning. There's noise and music and all and all types of things out there from the very first time we go outside so that we are used to it and we're accustomed to it. And it's not just on him. I mean, I tell the defensive line all the time, communication given, communication received. We have a responsibility to anticipate what's going to be said to us and respond. So it's not just on on, on, on Terrell, but he'll he'll be ready to go. We're up in some situations. Uh, what do you like about his skill set uh, to play the run and also the pass? Just physical. He's a physical guy. He can match up. Uh, against certain against certain receivers, he's a he's a good matchup for us. Close to the line of scrimmage, we know he's going to be physical. He's going to be a heat-seeking missile, if you will, smart, and he's got really good ball skills when he has to rotate to the middle of the defense. When a play happens, like Garrett's catch on Trey, I mean, he just chalked it up to that's an athlete making a play. It looked like Trey had good coverage there. I mean, I'm sure Trey would like it back, but you know, how do you approach that as a coach when you talk to him? Yeah, it's 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 you know. I'll take Trey 10 times out of 10 in that situation. And I think it's as simple as, yeah, a great football player, two guys battling, things worked out in his favor at that particular time. And we know that Trey will come back, he'll battle, and he'll win his share of those of those situations. But he couldn't have been in any better position, but the ball just happened to, I mean, he got a, you know, there was just a, a really good bounce for, for the, for the uh, receiver. Christian Bedford playing so much. Just what did you see out of his game? And obviously, earning the start, but then just being it for all this. I'm sorry, who are you? Christian Bedford. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Christian. Obviously, and I know Sean already touched on that. The effort play that he made to save a touchdown, but he was um, he did a good job. I mean, he was ready to go. He did a nice job with his squeeze, contain. Uh, uh, pursuit defenses, and he and just the effort. I mean, the effort, that kind of effort is what we like to call the signature of our defense, and we like to see that through every single position group with the D-line, but he was ready to go. He did a nice job, and he'll continue to improve each week. Hey, Dr. Drew, my word. That's Eric Washington, Bill's assistant head coach and defensive line coach. 
And that will pretty much bring us to our closer of timing. I do invite you to go check out Voices for Ability Radio. Again, that's the number four, the number four, A, radio. And you'll see tons of great shows, tons of tons and tons and tons and tons of great shows. Like, for example, the Ability Panel. Uh, You can also check out at 9 p.m. Eastern on select days, like Monday, which is coming up after we are recording the uh, Bills postgame on Sunday. It's coming up on Monday. Uh, You can catch up at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can catch the next episode, whether it's a repeat episode or it's a new episode. You can catch an episode of the Paranormal Zone with my good friend Paige Whitehouse as your host. If you're into paranormals, you can catch Gerrita Felix and Melanie Taddeo, a good friend of mine, Melanie Taddeo, founder of Connect for Life and of Gaining Vision. She can also be heard with Gerrita Felix on their podcast, Take Another Look. Wednesday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern on Voices for Ability Radio. And of course, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, you can also check out Jocelyn Dorr, another good friend of mine, uh, on her podcast, Beyond the Bong, 9 p.m. Eastern, every Friday evening on Voices for Ability Radio. And of course, you can also check out all of the editions of The Neutral Zone with Brock Richardson from AMI that were available on AMI and available wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Uh, you can check all that out on YouTube. You can check out my interview with Brock Richardson on our weekly in sports YouTube channel available right now. And we did it with permission because we, we, we don't, we, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, anything that we want to provide with you. We want to make sure that if you're a guest on the program, you're okay with us providing such content. So once again, if you are interested in checking out Brock's work on the Neutral Zone, or if you want to talk, if you want to check out our Parasports interview with him as part of episode 30 of the program. Yeah, I believe I have that right. Episode 30. I will double check to make sure. Uh, You can go ahead and check that out. It is the interview itself is available on the YouTube channel. Again, it's called Weekly in Sports with Scott. That is our YouTube channel. 
Or you can check out the full episode available right now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you so much for being here with us. I really enjoy all the interaction we are getting. Tell everybody you know. Leave us a review. Five stars would be really nice. And yet, uh, yep, this is correct. That's episode 30 of the program. And uh, yep, that will just about do it for this episode of Sports for Beginners, the podcast. A quick reminder that you can catch episode 29. Episode 29 of the podcast. You can catch episode 29 of the podcast on the CNN, on the Spicy Techie, I should say, uh, podcast feed. It is a Fall Bash episode hosted by our co-host, Ali Musa, and also host of All Over the Map, Ali Musa. Joined, as always, by the host of CNT Radio, sorry, founder of CNT Radio, and host of Spicy Techie, Sienna Trigiani. Sienna does great stuff. You should definitely go ahead and check out her website, siennatradio.wordpress.com slash siennatradio. I will have a link in the description of the post-game and this pre-game episode of Buffalo Bills football, but right now, You've been listening to Buffalo Bills football on the Sports for Beginners podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, by the time we are done recording this podcast, as we are signing off, now it is 12 hours till kickoff. I repeat, 12 hours until we are kicking off with The Bills taking on the Raiders. Let us know right now. Where are you repping your Bills? Where are you repping the Raiders? Where are you watching the ball game? Let us know right now. We want to know. Where are you repping the team? I am Scott McGregor, and this has been Bill's pregame on Buffalo Bill's football on the Sports for Beginners podcast. Wow, we've almost talked for about 59 minutes in the final segment here, but that's all right. It probably should be an hour. We'll see what happens. Anyways, that'll do it for Bill's pregame. We'll see you postgame on Buffalo Bill's football on Sports for Beginners, the podcast. We'll see you postgame. After Sunday Night Football, as the Jets, sorry, not the Jets, the Dolphins take on the Patriots. Thomas has you covered there. He also has you covered for a 
Blue Jays pregame show. Sorry, Blue Jays postgame show, Blue Jays game recap. Recapping the embarrassment of what happened with the Texas Rangers. And of course, what's happened with the what has happened with the yes, the Boston Red Sox, who the Blue Jays are currently playing right now. And by the time we record the post-game show for Bill's post-game, they will have wrapped up the series. All right, everybody. That does it for us. That does it for this post-game show. Sorry, pre-game show. We'll be back post-game after the Bills and Raiders go final. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll catch you post-game right after the game. Peace. for listening to Sports for Beginners. If you would like to learn more about the show, you can visit the podcast Facebook page or visit the official website. You can also send us an email at sportsforbeginnerspodcast8231 at gmail.com. As we always remind you, it is not goodbye, it is until next time.